Welcome back to Access and Opportunity, a podcast from Morgan Stanley connecting capital and communities. I'm Carla Harris, and we're excited to continue exploring the extraordinary commercial opportunity investors often overlook, investing in women and multiculturally led businesses. But because we are currently living in unprecedented times with COVID-19, this is not your traditional episode of Access and Opportunity. As we all try to manage this global pandemic, we're checking in with some of our favorite guests from previous seasons. We want to understand how they've adjusted their schedules, their businesses, their outlook, and their investing style. Together with you, we want to write a new playbook and emerge from this experience stronger than ever. Today, we welcome back my friend, Dr. Freda Kapoor Klein, a founding partner at Kapoor Capital and founder and co-chair of the Kapoor Center for Social Impact. As you, our listeners may recall, Dr. Kapoor Klein appeared in season one and in season three. So we wanted to check in to see how, despite these circumstances, she is continuing to create opportunities for underserved communities and closing the gap that exists in today's venture funding landscape. We wanted to talk to her about how she's thinking about new investments, how she sees the challenges and the silver linings that many startup businesses are facing. Well, first of all, Frida, let me say thank you, thank you, thank you for giving us some time today uh, in this uh, COVID-19 environment to have a conversation about how it's affecting everybody and more importantly, how it's affecting the uh, early stage companies, uh, the investing community, the VC community. So thank you very much for this conversation. My pleasure. I wish it were under different circumstances, but here we are. Yes, same here, same here. Well, let me start a little bit with the person. How have you and your family been coping during this time and your teams uh, at Kapoor Capital? Uh, thank you for asking. We are all doing pretty well. We started, you know, work from home several weeks ago. Yeah. Um, and we do, our immediate team is all fine. Of course, many family members are impacted in different ways. Yeah. Um, some of the... Um, we've some of our staff have have lost relatives um so it's it is well thank you it's it's a reminder of how it's touching many people and it's disproportionately touching communities of color yes at at what point when you all shifted to, to working at home what surprised you the most oh good question i think how much everybody rallied and said, we're going to do this. Mm -hmm. It was really, people really wanted to stay connected. We started a daily stand-up. Oh. So every morning, the Cape War Capital team would log on to Zoom at 9 a.m. And um, we would just talk about what did we do yesterday? What are we going to do today? And what help do we need from the team? Yes. Excellent. And it just grounded and connected everybody. Yes. Yes. We've continued to have our, our weekly meetings as a team. And we talk every day because we have chosen our fourth cohort of companies. And we probably had about a two-week delay and started uh, 
going forward with the content. And I wouldn't say business as usual, because obviously we're normally in the same place, but we recognize that these companies uh, need our help. And this is an, an opportunity for us to be even more helpful than we have been in the past. So we got right to it. Exactly. Congratulations on your fourth cohort. That's exciting. Thank you. Thank you. Definitely stay tuned on that point. Uh, At what point, Frida, did you realize that we were not going back to business as usual and that this was going to change the trajectory of the economy as we know it? I think fairly early. And that's because I'm old and I've been through this before. Season, honey. Season. That's the word. Not old. (laughs) Mature. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. I think I think the same here. Yeah. You know, having been through the dot-com bust, you know, having been through things even earlier, the 87 stock market crash, the dot-com bust, the 2008 financial crisis. So having been through all of those, both I had the perspective that, okay, we're all going to get through it, Mm -hmm. uh, but that things are going to be fundamentally transformed in ways we can and cannot predict at this moment. That's right. And I don't think people have realized how much things are going to change and how people will have adopted and adapted to new behaviors that they never would have adopted, never would have embraced. And I don't think companies realize that there are new appetites that will be created now for this kind of connectivity, for a desire to work more at home, a new definition of what productivity looks like, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And, I, and obviously, what does leadership and building a culture look like when you cannot be in the same space? Exactly. Exactly. And how do you support your team? How do you look at the ways in which this impacts people differently? But also, how do you make sure that everybody's contributing? In some ways, it's actually easier to tell the difference between who's being highly productive and who isn't right now than it was when we were all in the office together. I would agree. I, I would agree. There are There is no hiding here with respect to your contribution. Yeah. Now, how do you see this uh, COVID-19 affecting the startup community? Well, I think uh, there are some devastating impacts on the startup community. Anybody, it, it's sort of that uh, musical chairs game. Anybody who had not recently completed raising a round mm-hmm. and had sufficient runway in the bank is in a difficult position. There are some companies and actually a disproportionate number in our portfolio, I'm happy to say, where this pandemic has actually played to their strengths, Mm -hmm. that they've got products and services that are more necessary now than before. Many of our ed tech companies, many Ah, of our telehealth companies, right? So there are some of those. There are others who've lost a significant amount of their um, revenue. Uh, And we're working really, really, really hard to keep them afloat. Mm -hmm. You know, it's interesting. I was thinking that you were going to say the reason why it was so difficult for the VC community now, if you hadn't already raised money, was that people weren't putting new money to work as opposed to really trying to take advantage of companies that need to raise capital right now. They'll put the money to work, even if it's a new investment, but they do it in such a way that it's going to be more advantageous to the firm, is is your argument. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Well, and many of them have said that. No, you know, we're going to sit on the sidelines and until the terms get better for us. Wow. So, which is, you know, which is hurting the end user. It's mm-hmm. hurting the entrepreneur. Many people are going to lose their jobs um, in this in this period. 
And we're not thinking about the economy. We're not thinking about the country. We're not thinking about who needs the products and services. Um, and it's really as sort of framed as a zero-sum game when I don't think it has to be. No, I would agree with that. And uh, some VCs are saying to us, we're not making new investments because, frankly, we're trying to save our dry powder for the companies that are already in our portfolio. Is that another issue that you think for companies that are just going out to try to raise money now? Uh, I have heard that and seen that, and and we ourselves are trying to be very careful. We are making new investments. We are doing follow-on investments. We are focusing on our companies that hit this pandemic at a bad time. We have companies that were planning to start their raise in May. Uh, That's probably not going to happen. And through no, through no fault of their own. And so we're looking at, at who we can shore up, how we can keep companies going. We are still making new investments and follow-on investments. So what should companies who do need to go out and raise money in the next quarter or so, what should they be prepared for? How should they be prepared to genuflect? You know, what, what advice would you give them? Well, we are talking to companies every single day. We didn't ask me anything with probably 30 of our entrepreneurs on Monday wow. and all, all four of our partners. And we're telling them about focus on your customers. One of the things that's going to be important if they're going out to raise soon is their customer satisfaction, the lack mm. of churn in their customers. The fact that they can retain customers in a difficult market is to their credit. And what are they doing to conserve cash and extend runway? Mm-hmm. And by the way, um, we don't think that the answer always is layoffs. We think that there are many other options for trimming expenses before just sending your trusted team members into this awful job market. Yeah. And where, and where do you tell them to start? If you had to prioritize and you say you have to tighten the belt, you have to think about trying to lengthen your runway. So here's how you think about it, compartmentalizing it to save cash. Well, one of the things we talk to them about is let's rethink every one of your business assumptions. What was going to happen this year? What were your milestones? And let's adjust those. And once you've adjusted your milestones, you then adjust the expenses connected with it. So for instance, everybody's got a lot of travel and events and professional development and all kinds of line items in their budgets that just aren't going to get spent, maybe not at all, but certainly less than half of what they projected. Everybody has some kinds of contracts or leases, whether it's office space or equipment, that can be renegotiated in a way that's fair to everybody. We're not telling our entrepreneurs, don't pay your bills. Uh, We are telling your entrepreneurs, see if you can renegotiate any of your relationships so that you don't just walk away from your vendors, uh, but that if they help you through a difficult time, you'll remember that and help them. Absolutely, which is very similar to what we're saying to to our companies as well. With respect to trying to build a pipeline, one of the pieces of advice that, that we've dispensed is go out and talk to some of those folks where you were having warm conversations and yes. just offer to be helpful. You're not trying to make a sale, but say, if I'm you, I'm thinking X, and here's how we might be able to help you with X right now without, again, trying to make a sale, because I think That's that right. people remember when you're there for them. And they certainly remember when you're thinking about them on the other side of this. And there will be another side of this. 
That's right. And we're saying stay very close to your customers. They might have some new needs. They mm-hmm. might have some ideas that actually give you new features going forward. So staying close to your customers right now is really important. Many of our companies are actually offering products and services free now that were subscription or paid. And we're saying exactly what you're saying, Carla. People will remember this. If you were there for their kids when school closed, they're not going to forget you. Yes, absolutely. And what are you telling some of the founders and leaders uh, to say to their teams? Because obviously they can talk to you as their investor and their key investor and basically express their fears. But what are you telling them to articulate as a narrative to their teams? That's a great question. And we are talking to our founders about this is an incredibly difficult and maybe life-changing situation for you as an entrepreneur. You need to think very carefully about everything you do and don't do, everything you say and don't say. Everything is imbued with meaning now. Your employees are looking to you for guidance. They're looking to you for certainty in a time of uncertainty. And you need to be honest and transparent. And you need to understand that you have more power than they do. And this is not a time to say we're all in this together or not a time to lean on them for support. You need to come to us as your investors for support. You need to go to other founders and CEOs for support. But this is a time where the power difference is paramount. Ah, very interesting. And what are you telling them about self-care? Because that's a big deal as people are now working in surroundings that may not necessarily have been as inspiring as your office or to go someplace else. So what are you telling them then? We are telling our founders that, you know, that self-care is important, but that they also have to recognize that they have more options, they have more privilege than their employees. And we're talking about this is a time for empathy Mm. and to understand how this pandemic is impacting different employees in different communities differently. Uh, And so to be sensitive to what your employees are going through. So we're talking to our entrepreneurs about offering their employees, as well as what we're offering our employees, about expanded mental health benefits. Ah and telehealth and meditation online and whatever they need for some kinds of of stress relief. It's a very different situation for people who have kids at home. It's uh, that much more intense for single parents who are doing all the homeschooling by themselves. So while not prying into their employees' lives, they need to be sensitive to how different the circumstances are for different employees. Very well said. And what do you think about this timeline or what are you saying to your portfolio companies about what the timeline looks like? Because that's one of the things that we don't know. But as I listen to leaders who show up on TV every day or listen to leaders within my own firm, people are trying to make a guess around the time to give people something to hold on to. Well, (laughs) that's a a great dilemma because, again, employees, entrepreneurs, everybody's looking for something to plan around. Mm -hmm. Um, And what we say is that life as we knew it is gone. We are not going to be going back. We're all going to be going forward. And we can create that 
going forward together. And it's going to depend on some what the country does in terms of how how well everybody is participating and complying with, you know, flattening the curve, staying home, wearing face masks. Uh, but it also is going to depend on how many people get tested, what we learn about the virus and about antibodies, what kind of bounce it's going to have in terms of a resurgence. So I, we're saying there's a lot of unknowns and that this is a time for all startups to be doing scenario planning. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Figure out a plan A and a plan B and a plan C and a plan D because none of us know exactly how this is going to play out. Do you think that it's a, more likely to be a U-shaped recovery or a V-shaped recovery? Well, that's interesting. I saw somebody uh, quoted as saying, well, it might be a Nike swoosh recovery, <laughs> which I think is interesting. And, you know, if it's a steady, look, we always talk about wanting to see a hockey stick that's right, in, our, that's right. in, in the pitch deck of our, of our startups. Uh, you know, I wouldn't mind a hockey stick recovery um, mm-hmm. as long as it's steady and up to the right. You said that you're still making new investments, and I know that you probably more than any VC in the Valley see more deals and uh, I'd say more diverse deals than anybody else in the Valley at this stage because people know that's what you're looking for. Have you seen any investments, and you don't have to say the name of the companies, that you think will be massively disruptive in this new environment, the little that we can project about the new normal? Uh, Good question. We are seeing people that are putting that together now, that are wanting to have conversations, that are wanting to have sort of, can I bounce something off of you? Ah, Things are not fully formed yet. Mm -hmm. And because we've got such large investments in ed tech, fintech, and telehealth, those are all areas where we're seeing the disruption play out very quickly. Outstanding. You mentioned that there are glimmers of hope. Can you tell us a little bit more about some of those glimmers? Everybody wants some of that now. We have many, many of our KPOR Capital companies. And in fact, we've got something on the KPORcapital.com website that says our company's responses to COVID-19, where they're talking about what they're offering to the public. So for instance, I believe that you know Stephen Wolf Pereira, the CEO of Encantos Media. Absolutely. Love Encantos. Yes. And so they are making many of their materials, their videos, uh, actually even some readings of their books in Spanish that you can download as bedtime stories for your kids. Wow. I'm on that one. uh, Yes, exactly. Um, We have a company called Emoca that does telehealth, but they have reoriented their services to be doing telehealth for frontline healthcare workers. Oh, wow. During this crisis. Genius Plaza is powering the teleschooling for New York City schools and for Miami and for others. Uh, So we have just every day these unbelievably inspiring stories of where our entrepreneurs are just standing up and helping low-income families, communities of color, those who need it in the crisis. Absolutely. Okay, I have one last question for you. What's the one thing that's keeping you up at night as you think about uh, the weeks ahead? What's keeping me up at night is thinking about, are we going to, as a society, deal with the inequities that this pandemic 
is shining a new light on. Uh, the disparities in the death rate of African Americans, of Latinx, of low-income communities. Uh, I think the income inequality and the wealth inequality that we have seen build up over the last decade, and quite honestly, much of it fueled by tech, are we going to deal with it in the coming decade in a different way? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's what keeps me up. Okay. As always, Miss Frida, it is inspiring <laughs> to talk to you. So thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you for everything you do. And congratulations on that fourth cohort. Thank you all for joining us for this special COVID-19 episode of Access and Opportunity. I look forward to sharing the next special episode with you.